You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome to session 11. This is such a juicy one. I feel like we cover so many important topics here from value alignment to selling in a more easeful way to having conviction behind that, to what you bring to your coach, to how to share a message without bringing others down in it. There is so, so much here that I think will be really, really valuable no matter what stage of your journey you're at. I think this is just like a really good episode to see how much has shifted for Angie this season and how much has changed. I mean, really we're just on session 11, how much has changed, not just in terms of like how her business looks, but how she's approaching it and thinking about it in just 11 sessions. And so I hope this is just really an exciting one to listen to, but also gives you a lot of permission and a lot of perspective that I think can be really helpful in terms of the value piece, the selling piece, the conviction piece, all of that. So excited for you guys to dive in and I hope you enjoy this session as much as we did. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you. Had a really good week. So good. What's going on? Are you like finally home? Are you yeah, I'm done with your, your tour? Traveling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm back in Denmark and I've been back a week. I think I've been back a week. Yeah. So I've done with my language course. I got back home and I kind of live, so I live on an island, but then I have, but my partner lives on the mainland. So I do quite a lot of traveling anyway, just because, you know, (laughs) there's no bridge. So I have to get ferries everywhere. So I'm actually at my partner's today, but it's just been so nice. I've reorbited back into my life and it's really nice feeling. And I got my son back to school this week as well, which was just, he kind of doesn't, he's, he doesn't love school. He doesn't hate school. He's, Mm. you know, but after the summer holidays, it's, you know, it's a big one. And it's just so sweet how just to see him growing up. And it's just very touching to see him go back in and, you know, like he's just this great kid. And I, (laughs) I don't know. I can't describe the feeling really. It's just magical. It's so great. It's just so great. And he's just uh, taken another leap forward. So that in itself, in my experience of parenthood, allows another out breath that you didn't know you were holding mm-hmm. your breath. <laughs> and then you suddenly go, <sighs> which has just happened after every, I have to keep reminding myself, it happens after every single leap forward whether it's when I stopped breastfeeding or when he started to walk or whatever it is it's like you you go oh I've just got this little you must be experiencing this this little inch of independence that now means I can do this thing or there's a spaciousness that that wasn't there and I didn't realize that it was being filled by something 10 minutes ago so he's just this week I just (laughs) it's just so cool (laughs) He just gets up and makes his own breakfast, which again sounds oh, like excuse nothing. me. Okay, like, what's going? On? I didn't even really notice it was happening. He just because we have this routine, and I make him a smoothie every morning, and then I make him usually make him some porridge for 
Europeans oatmeal for you people over there and he's yes, yes. always like I always sort of serve him he started getting up at six in the morning about eight months ago he started setting his own alarm and getting up at six in the morning but I always then you know have to like crawl out of bed at 6 30 and then do his breakfast and um and then he just put his said right so back to school tomorrow set his alarm for six o'clock and then my alarm went off and I could hear the blender I was like What's going on? He's just doing his own breakfast. Oh my gosh. So suddenly, <laughs> that is crazy. It's just like the morning now is a completely different beast. It's like, yeah. There's a whole 40 minutes of just hanging out with him, which is, I don't know. I'm just going on and on about it. It's just so cool. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm sure yesterday you were like, um, I was feeding you from my body and now you're like using a blender. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, when did this happen? Oh. oh, I love that. I also just love like the the delight in it, you know, and like you can just I mean, obviously everyone can't see your face, but like it's just like the glow <laughs> of it is so magnificent. And I think we so often hear about like the really hard parts of motherhood, which I think are important to talk about too, but I love just this beautiful moment of like can be really, really, really <sighs> juicy and magical so good it's so good yeah and it's so so I've had that sort of space suddenly in the morning and maybe it won't last but I'm just like riding high on but this is what it will be like <laughs> yeah, one day take it for it, even yeah. if it doesn't last this is what it will be like and that combined with having not really having many clients because it's August and you know i this is sort of my purposeful no client time oh just joy <laughs> Joy. And having team support. Oh, it's just joy. It's just joyful. So yeah, it's the continued theme of Angie. <laughs> Angie finds space. And do you know what I love about this is how how resistant you were to this at the beginning, and now you're like more, give me more and more, and I love it. Like it's like it's so funny, right? To see how quickly, yeah, it's like can get almost like assimilated and to be like, oh yeah, this is actually delightful. Yeah. And it feels like, because I, I, I had some things I wanted to talk about. I, I do fill in the form, but then I just keep it to myself. And I, I actually wanted to talk about that as well. You fill it in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I'm not going to share this. I'm going to save it. Yeah. There's a couple of things that the, the team thing is just, it's a bit next level. Because what I'm finding is, my assistant, who's been, my sister's been with me for a long time. She's suddenly kind of, well, not suddenly, but she's actually slowly gotten into what she does, her bit of the support she does. And it's just so clear now. But I guess I wanted to just say out loud how, and I need a reminder of this in the future, how sometimes it just does take a long time for things to click into place. And, and like, I still, even though she's my sister, I mean, sometimes that's worse, isn't it? Because you, you don't have the yeah. same expectations of, of your family and it's harder with boundaries. But I still thought, oh, but she reads my mind. So surely there could be a bit more kind of, we could sort of move things forward a lot a lot quicker. But something's really happened over the, well, since I've been working with you, really, the whole kind of architecture just seems to be working and she's now communicating with other people in a way that I don't have to do anything about. And that for me is just like recognizing also that she's a person that needs a lot of repetition, a lot of kind of needs to really feel embody what she's doing in order to do it. So that's working out really well. And then 
my new OBM, who's just brilliant and a really attention to detail person, is also, because of that attention to detail, is able to do so much of the work that she's doing with just a high level of excellence because she's just got, got that attention to detail. And I think it then allows me to really step into the excellence and actually find myself wanting a little bit which is quite which is a place I like to be of like I'm not the best person in the room actually <laughs> I'm the oh person God, who's like yes. a little bit behind and a little bit oh I haven't done that and I still need to do this and that that tension I really enjoy of kind of almost having to catch up with other people's demands or expectations and I think that that is such a weird feeling when you've been doing everything because you feel like I've been feeling like, oh, I'm doing everything and I'm the only one that can do everything and I'm the only one that can do it to the standard that I want to execute it at. But actually, when I've got help, I realise the standard I want to execute it at is way below what others can help me achieve. So I love how Angie mentions here having to kind of let go of the like, I'm the only one who can do it or does it best mentality because I personally really, really had to let go of that in my business too. I think so many of us hard worker, high achiever, high performers, like really can get stuck in this space of thinking that there's no one that does it better than us. And I just wanted to share what was one of the transformative thoughts for me that allowed me to lean into getting more help, which is it doesn't matter if someone does it as good or as well as me. And now that's not true, right? In my business, there are team members who do lots of things better than me, but like at the beginning, that was still like a hard place for me to see where I'm like, no, but I care more. I will do it the best. And so the first step that I had to get to was like, it doesn't actually matter, right? I don't need someone posting like as like diligently as me, or I don't need someone like double checking the email subject line four times, or I don't need someone, you know, doing it quite as well as I was going to do as long as it gets done kind of thing. And that really, really, really helped me create kind of like an open door to where I could actually let people in to help me and then see that, oh, they actually do it a lot better than me. So I wanted to share that as a thought that could be useful if you're kind of struggling with the same thing and in that place of wanting to believe that someone could do it better than you, but not having the evidence of that yet. Sometimes that bridge is, okay, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe the tasks I'm asking them to do don't have to be done to like the highest standard of perfection. And if they didn't, would that be okay? So try that on, see how that feels. I think once you do, you will probably learn that many people can do things better than you in your own business, but sometimes we need a bridge to get there. I have been thinking over the last couple of weeks, probably since I returned to Denmark, but not, you know, I've been home for, I guess, two to three weeks now. And I've been thinking about excellence and what the space that has been created does is allow me to do things really well. So not necessarily to deviate from the plan, actually. I've been quite good at sticking to what needs to be done, but just to do things really as as well as I can. And that feeling of doing things really well then creates a real kind of positivity about my business, which then makes it really easy to talk to people about what I'm doing and about how I can help them. So it's this nice feedback loop, really, of wanting to spend time in the business because I don't feel like I'm panicking to because I've got to meet this client now and then I've got to squeeze in a meeting and then I've got to squeeze in designing a new PowerPoint presentation and then I've got to create a PDF. Actually, I've been able to say, I've been practicing the last week 
I've got two hours that I'm going to spend on this task. I'm not going to completely finish it because I never completely finish anything in the first go, but I'm going to do 70% of it. And then I know I can go back to it and, and refine it, which is just, just delightful. I think what's so beautiful here is like, we know excellence is like one of your top values and it's just basically, it's like you've gotten the ability to live into your values again. And I think just like how much that impacts us. Like when we feel like we're doing stuff like slightly outside of them or compromising them a little bit because we're working so hard and so fast or whatever, it really grates on us and it wears away at us so much to even make those slight compromises to our values. And so I think it's really cool to see like the more you get to like live back into that, the more momentum and excitement you have towards the business. Cause it's like, yes, this, I mean, that's really what alignment is, yeah. right? Yeah. And I feel like I'm just getting the kind of taste of it. There's some, obviously, you know, there's lots of balance to be found about how, what that really will look like, but there's almost a glimmer over the horizon of the thing that I'm trying to create really which is so much bigger than me, but allows me to be completely in the moment with excellence. So I cannot underscore enough the importance of value alignment in business. And I think this is just like a really obvious conversation around that, that I you know, wanted to use this opportunity to showcase, which is that when we are working in our values, we literally come alive in our business. When we are having to compromise them, it is so wild how tough business can feel. So like Angie talking about the value of excellence and how much she's coming alive and having this time and spaciousness to live into that. And when she was compromising that because she was working so hard, how much that was eating away at her, you know, your value might not be excellence. Like maybe it's freedom, right? And maybe when you're having to constantly compromise that to have a certain type of business that you think you have, it just feels like it is, you know, killing you to run it. And maybe when you find more freedom in your business, there's this way in which you come alive and you just see your sales increase, you see things feel better, all of that. It doesn't matter what the value is. It just matters that we're aware of it and we're really, really functioning in a way that is in alignment with that. And obviously that's not always easy to do. Sometimes there are very real barriers to that, like Angie having to let go of the excellence for a moment while she built the team so that she had the time and space that she does now. But I think it's, if you can see yourself working toward it, it's easier to stomach. If it feels like I'm going to be living in this place that is not in alignment with my values for a long time, your business is going to feel so darn difficult. And so I just really wanted this to be an opportunity for everyone to go, wait, I see that so clearly in Angie, what is true in that for me? Because when we can ask ourselves these questions, it's kind of funny how clear things become. So I hope that you'll just take a minute to think about this, journal on this, talk this out, because it really is such an important part of running a business that feels good to you. I think, you know, I was saying that the, I didn't realize I was holding my breath about the things that my son, that I still have to do yeah, with my son. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, what you said just resonates so much because it's also that I haven't realized how much it is so upsetting to just be always chasing my tail in such a frantic way and never quite delivering in the way that I know is possible and in a way that just really makes a difference to people. 
So I had a call this week and I was so well planned for it. And I, and because mm. I was so well planned for it, I was so looking forward to it. And yes. as I was doing it, and yes. it was like a three hour session that we were having on like an additional piece of consultancy that I have been doing for this, for this group of schools I've been working with for a while. But it was like the spaciousness that allows me to then synthesize what people are saying to bring ideas to the table to truly do consulting work that is like I'm right here with you right now I'm listening to exactly where your organization is in this moment and I can pick from my massive toolkit of things that that I know are going to really work for you it's just like oh this is exactly what I want to be doing it's heaven for you you can just tell yeah (laughs) just brilliant it was just so so good so yeah more please I mean, you know, have, have you ever read that book, The Big Leap? Is that the one with Gay and Katie Hendricks? Yes, Gay Hendricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. I think I've read some of it. Cause it's, is that the one with the ceiling? There's an idea in there about like financial ceilings and never thinking that you yes, can... Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So like the, I think one of the main concepts they talk about there in there, right, is like zone of genius, zone of excellence, like where are we like operating? Yeah. And I think like what... You know, what's really beautiful is like when you're in that planned session, like you really are in like your zone of genius and you get to enjoy it when you're trying to like manage all this stuff in the business that you like can manage, but like shouldn't have to be. It's like, it's amazing how much it takes you out of it. And so I think it's like, you know, really cool to just see how much some of this has like given you the space to like do the thing that is your genius and how life giving that is versus energy draining you know and that's I think another concept they talk about is like when we're in our zone of genius it's like it gives energy versus it takes yeah and I think that's what you're seeing a little bit here too is for so long the business was taking so much from you yeah yeah so to get back to that place where it's like filling you back up in ways that aren't just monetary is like amazing right it's it's so good and there's so much that is symbiotic about it being filled up because, of course, it then feeds all of the creativity again. So as I'm talking yeah. to my clients, and this is always what used to be, I mean, it's the reason that I do this work is that I worked in schools and then I would talk to head teachers in my coaching and then we'd be like trying to problem solve. And then I would come up with, okay, well, this would be a really good program to create. Or this would be something that schools seem to need. Or this is what my clients keep asking me about. And I think just finding myself back in those conversations, knowing, I mean, I feel so... I feel so confident at the moment about being luminary. I'm like so clear about what the purpose of this business is and what it's going to do. And I feel so excited by it again, which is just in such stark contrast to when we started working and I was like, Oh, it's not going to work that. Get it away from me. <laughs> can, someone <laughs> else, can someone else run this? <laughs> or can someone else shut it down? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't want anything to do with it. Something that I think is really valuable here in seeing kind of what's going on for Angie is how much the business can fill you up when you're in your zone of genius, right? I personally experience this a lot because I really feel like my zone of genius is in one-on-one coaching and I find myself quite filled up by that often. And I think people are always like, oh my goodness, how do you do that many one-on-one calls? Like that must be so draining. And for me, it's like, oh no, I, I really feel like I'm in my zone of genius there. So those bring me a lot. They fill me up a lot. I'm never saying I don't have a draining day or even a week or whatever, but by and large, I find a lot of fulfillment and a lot of filling up from those calls and those conversations. And I think we all have a different version of that. It's obviously not one-on-one for everyone, but 
It's just this idea of like, when we're truly working in that place, the business is really is giving back to us, right? And when we're not, it will often feel like the business is taking, taking, taking from us. And that's something really important to pay attention to. So if you're in that place where you're like, wow, I am not feeling what Angie's feeling. Like I'm feeling like the business is taking a lot from me. I really want you to go, where am I working in my zone of genius and where am I not? And it doesn't mean it's gonna be an overnight shift, but sometimes the clarity of like, oh, that's why it's taking from me is really, really helpful and provides a roadmap to what you need to do to feel better in it. And when you feel filled up by it and when you feel better in it, obviously things really, really, really start to work from there. We're talking about that with Angie, you'll see that continue, but it's kind of an amazing how much that makes a difference, just like the value piece. So I really want you guys to think about that this week. But I think I'm very excited about that. And I'm also aware that I'm not even selling anything. So I also have this sense of like, imagine if I told people what, you know, I'm back in yes. this kind of like, wow, all of this stuff is happening. It's not even for a particular market grab. It's just all available. And and that's another thing that makes me feel so it's kind of spacious, but abundant is that I don't feel like I'm trying to find some like niche or I'm trying to find the people that are going to want to buy the stuff. Because what underlies that creativity and, and that, you know, feeling like the ideas are coming back and I can actually do something with them is just absolute certainty that it's valuable and that, you know, the next step. Does that make sense? Like the next step is oh, yeah. just the people. When you love what you're doing, I feel like it's just so easy to have conviction and all of that, right? When it when you're like, I don't even like the business. Why would anyone <laughs> want to buy from it? Like yeah. I don't even want to be running yeah. it. It's super hard, right? But I think that, you know, it's what what I want to really give you credit for and what you just said too, though, is that you did let yourself ride that wave. You know, I think sometimes as soon as people are like, oh, I'm just like done. I'm like mm. so over this. It's so easy to just like burn the boat so to speak and like you didn't do that which is like what's gotten you to this point but yeah I think that the more lit up you are by it the more confident and convicted you are in going out and selling it mm. like you're like oh come on <laughs> of course yeah right something else that Angie is illustrating really beautifully for us here is how Conviction and selling is really, really easy when we feel great about our business and it can be really hard when we don't. So kind of along the same lines of the value alignment, kind of along the same lines as the zone of genius thing, like when we're feeling really in alignment and, you know, lit up and filled up by our business, the conviction of going out and selling that service is so easy because it's feeling so good and so juicy to us and we love working in this way and it just makes sense to sell it because we're so convicted in it and we're so sure of it and it just translates right when we are so drained by our business and we are so overwhelmed by it the conviction to really go out and sell that service even if we know it's still a good service just isn't going to be there because our energy cannot get behind it so I would just remember how easy it can be sometimes to sell when you feel really good in your business Something I've always talked about a lot is like how years before I made a million dollars in my business, I felt like I was making a million dollars in my business because of how good it felt. And that's what allowed me to stay in it long enough to hit that goal. And I really think this is similar, right? Like 
it's not about like, okay, what can I do to force the sales? It's like, how good can I feel in my business? And then sales will come from that. Really think that's true. And I think Angie's giving us a really important illustration of that here. I've been thinking about the energy of, in the summer holidays is always a really slow time. So people typically book things in end of May, beginning of June, ready for September. And if they haven't got yeah. their act together to do that, then it's September, it starts with everybody kind of going, oh, I didn't do it last. And so this period has always been very, very tricky. Usually I'm like panicking throughout July and August about whether or not there's going to be any money coming in and whether or not I've been forgotten. And this year I haven't at all. I haven't mm. panicked about it. And partly that's because, you know, that that corporate client that, that we talked about ages ago, that's been slow, slow, you know, like yes. oh, back and forth and this. And we're still not there yet. But because there's been that kind of, if that comes through, then that eases what's happened. You know, the quiet period of the summer months is, is kind of fine. And then I got back into this energy and this week I had three inquiries and I'm not, you know, they, they might not come through because I just, you know, hi, you've been recommended. Somebody else just said, oh, actually, I think we might want to carry on working with you again next year. Could you send us over a quote? Somebody else said, would you consider working with us again next year? And, I was, and I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not selling anything. I'm just so in it and into it that I think that really emanates. So I've been thinking about the sales thing because... The industry is so noisy with sales and how important it is to do, well, not to do sales, but to Focus launch there. and yeah, like all of that kind of stuff. And I don't really have a launch, you know, we've talked about that before. I don't really have a launch of anything in particular, but I do have these events. And yes, I did pay the, <laughs> pay the people and book. I know, I, I checked to make sure you checked off that to do. <laughs> like, you are going to go to that conference. And now I'm excited about it. Now I'm like, yeah, get me there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good, good. That's so funny. But I'm kind of feeling like, what would it be like if I was the kind of person who didn't feel any anxiety about the fact that I'm not actively launching or selling things, but felt really kind of that slow, steady confidence that I do a conference and over the course of the year, six clients will get in touch and say, okay, and then that's what makes the conference worth doing. I don't know, this is a really rambling way of saying that. I'm trying to think about spaciousness, but also how I can create a similar sense of spaciousness around my self or the business self-concept in terms of the way that it sells, and like whether that can also feel spacious and calm and still completely abundant. Well, I think what's really helpful to see here is and I know we've talked about this before, but I just cannot stress this enough. Like you listening to what almost any, whatever online coach is saying about sell all the time or this or that, it's so irrelevant because it's not your business model. Yeah. It's almost like you're, I don't know, you're a tennis player and you're watching videos on like fishing and trying to <laughs> apply it, you know, like, I don't like there's not a lot of overlap there. Yeah. And also, obviously, foundational business principle is, like, are you making connections and selling? Yeah. But what you know for sure is that your sales come in through referrals a lot, connections yeah. you've made. So it's like, technically, you are selling because you're out doing the work. You're out talking to the people. Like, that's your version of, like, posting on Instagram. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And so 
I think like it's not that you're not doing those. It's just going to look so wildly different that it's like hard to find the application and it could just make you feel really bad when really like you're probably doing better than 90% of the people out there preaching about selling all the time yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because I completely agree with you and yet I still f- find myself thinking, <laughs> oh, they're doing another launch and like this person's launching and like people are constantly talking about their programs online. And so it can feel a bit like, oh, maybe I missed a memo somewhere or I know that that's not the way that I do things and that hasn't been the thing that I've been doing. But yeah, I just, I guess I just wanted to voice the, there's always a little niggling doubt that the course that I'm staying is just the right one. And I've just been, yeah, just been listening to it and ignoring it really. But (laughs) just, yeah, it's there. (laughs) I think I just want to give you like some permission for that too, where it's like things feel wildly different and that creates discomfort even when they feel good. And so I imagine that this is in large part not even because you think you're like, quote unquote, doing something wrong selling. It's because you feel way better in the business than you've ever felt. And it kind of can sometimes bring about this almost like, well, what am I missing or what have I dropped the ball on or what am I supposed to be doing that I'm not doing kind of mentality. So I wonder if there's just like some grace to give yourself there too of like the fact that it feels so different is going to just like toss a bunch of stuff up yeah. in your brain to yeah. be like, but but what have you forgotten? It's almost like that your son making breakfast. Like I'm sure the first time you had heard the blender, you were like, oh my God, is he okay? Like, right? Like what am I missing? What I forgot? But then it's like, oh, it's all good. But also like when I'm sitting around listening to podcasts in the morning, go, what should I be doing? I should be doing something. Something's yes. gone wrong here. I should definitely be doing something. <laughs> yes, that. I feel like that's like pervasive for you right now in a sense probably and so I think like a lot of the work might be like just noticing that more than even picking out the thing yeah yeah that's really good that's really helpful and that's a that's gonna kick up for you hard in the fall when you have other people delivering too so it's nice to start thinking about that now yeah I think you're right and there's something like I think it's the relationship between hustling quite like working really hard to get to I can't even remember where I was at sort of financially this time last year but it felt busy and I don't really feel very busy now and I've kind of got a lot to look forward to in terms of things that I'm I'm really excited about going out and meeting people and telling them what we do and all of that kind of stuff and that just feels really odd. I can already feel that it feels odd. So I do think there's a bit of, oh, shouldn't you be busier? <laughs> well, also, here's the irony. I mean, obviously, we weren't together last year, but I'm pretty sure you've not, you never ran a summit before. No, I didn't. So it's like funny because it's like you're actually, quote unquote, doing more in the business than you've ever done in some respects. Like you have a summit coming up next month. You have like this ethical coach stuff launch. Yeah. Like, by and large, you're doing more than you've ever done. It just, it's such a different feeling. Like yeah. that's why like the ease part or the joy part or whatever, it's like such an energy, not an action. I think you're just so used to connecting it to oh. the action. It's weird right now. So weird. 
So another thing that's really interesting this week that we're getting to see through Angie is how she's really in some ways doing more now than ever, right? Like we're talking about like the ethical coaching pledge. We're talking about luminaries. We're talking about the fact that she's running a summit. Like all of these things are actually alive and happening in her business way more than before, but she's feeling better than before. And so I think we have to ask like, how do these things live together, right? If I'm doing like more now than ever, but feeling better and more spaciousness than ever, how is that possible? Especially because I think, you know, we all know, obviously, Angie was dealing with some health issues too, but I think there was, you know, such a time at the beginning of this journey where it seemed like this business was very far away from her feeling like that. So getting to that point of like, okay, well, I'm actually kind of doing more than ever, but I'm feeling better than ever. How do we get there? And obviously you have this whole podcast as the example for that. But the point I really want to make here is I think it's very much a mindset thing and very much a strategic practical thing. Strategically and practically, she's just gotten supported, right? Like the way more is getting done without it all being on Angie is because she has a team that's that's really doing great work there. And so I think that's important to say. I always say like your business has to like do the work, but you don't always have to do the work. And I think this is a really good example of that. Like more is getting done than ever, but it does not mean Angie is the sole doer of all those things. I had a, a bunch of workbooks arrived from the Melanated Mastermind and from the printers. But I only I only print workbooks for Sovereign Woman Program and for Melanated Mastermind. But they're just really nice. And it's just, again, it's like, oh, all the work that's gone into these things that I don't have to do again this year. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of those things that are just paying me back. Past Angie is going to be, is thanked, being thanked profusely by present Angie because it is really yes. bloody nice to go, oh, that's already done. <laughs> this is done. I think you're just going to be in that both and for uh, a little bit of like, I am in all of this like joy mm. of like, you know, it's so, so good. And I'm going to just get hit with these waves of like, so what am I yeah. missing or what else am I supposed to be yeah. doing? And like, you're, you're just going to ride the waves of that for a minute. Yeah, it's really good. So the other thing I wanted to say then is, so a few things, I, I've obviously checked off the conference. The summit is looking really, really exciting. And we are going to be approaching people next week to, Yay. I say we're going to be approaching people. I've not done a single you play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the workflow, there is evidence that we will be going out to people next week, which is really exciting. And it's just all looking really great. I managed to spend a couple of days, I guess, sketching out the Ethical Co. website. So Ooh, it's, okay. I did a really, and I'm going to send you the thing. The coaching bit is really, why am I not sending you the things? Because I keep doing them and then being a little bit perfectiony about, oh, no, I don't mm. think it's ready to be seen. So, but what I did with that is I actually created the site and then I just published it. Because I just thought, well, no one knows it's, no one knows about it yet anyway. Yeah, So yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. I just publish it, which has kind of got me over the hump of, of it being perfect. So there's probably a few things, back-end things, that I think my OBM is going to be brilliantly able to help with around how... So basically, the website is explaining how the ethical code came about, uh, explaining the values, and explaining what people need to do in order to sign up to the pledge, and then in order to get their badges... And so they just have to submit a short form. And obviously, I don't want to, to be the person who has to 
answer on a daily basis individual requests for those. So there's something about kind of yeah. making, making sure that I can have an oversight of what people are saying, but also that people get their badges and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a bit of back end stuff like that. But it looks, it was just nice to spend some time really, really thinking about it and doing something. It's not scrappy exactly, but it's also not perfect. But that kind of isn't the point of the ethical code. And what I thought was, I'll launch it and then I will work out how much time I want to invest in polishing it and making it something that is going to be easier to use and that maybe includes a bit more information and stuff like that. And so I would love your thoughts on that as a as an approach. Yes. Okay. I am happy to give those, but can we first talk about you sending stuff to me before it's well, done? Why? Because <laughs> I've just obscured that with loads of other chat. Right. Because I just completely breezed <laughs> by that one. I think it's really important. I mean, you know this, right? But it's like helpful to hear. But I think it's really important to know that like the entire point of me being here is for you to send me things undone. Like it's not to be yeah. – the teacher that checks it off and gives you like the grade it's to be like the one that's in it with you and mm. so I think just remembering that and treating it like that is really important like I I can't imagine why you would have me and not <laughs> send me something <laughs> undone <laughs> I think this is a really important conversation on bringing the imperfect to your coach right and I feel like There is so much personal stuff that can get wrapped up in that. Like, what are my personal thoughts about being imperfect and all of those things? And then there's so much industry stuff that can get wrapped up in that. You know, like, oh, well, I've worked with a coach before who you weren't supposed to bring that to or who wasn't there to hold all of it, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just want to speak to this in general, which is this is completely my personal opinion. So obviously take it for what it's worth. But I really believe that the point of having support is to be able to bring your imperfect there. And so if you have had an experience where that was not welcome, I would imagine that the experience was more wrong than you were wrong for being imperfect, right? Or if you have your own stories about why that's not okay, I would say that those are stories worth examining and not like something you want to accept as truth because the point, again, my opinion of having support is to have support in those imperfect moments, is to have support, to take something across the finish line, to move the needle forward on something that you're maybe stuck at a a certain point at, right? If not, if we're just bringing someone something perfect to get a gold star, well, that's not really what we're supposed to be doing here in coaching, right? So I wanna share that and I also wanna say, I think so often your coach is maybe more available for that than we, we think. So. If you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I would love to do that more, but dot, 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 I would really encourage you to have a conversation. Like go to your coach. Hey, can I bring you the imperfect draft of X? Hey, can I bring you an imperfect thought around Y? Like see what they're available for. See what they're open for. I imagine that they want to support you in that. I would say like give the benefit of the doubt and ask first because not only is that going to actually help them support you more deeply and probably feel really good to your coach, but it's going to feel really good for you to have that environment to practice not having to be perfect in. There's something really, really, really freeing about that and really nourishing to the nervous system. So whether you are a coach or client in this situation, however you're interpreting that, the welcoming and accepting of imperfection in that space is so crucial. I think it's because I think everything needs to be really good before it goes anywhere. And I'm the kind of person that, breaks up with somebody 
before telling them that I'm even thinking that there's a problem in the relationship. So I tend to process mm. quite a few things, <laughs> like major things, on my own because I really don't. I find I just find no, it's not that I don't like it. I just find it really hard to to overcome that. So I need to practice it. And I and I was thinking it would be really helpful for you to tell me, send, tell me to send you the rough version yes. of this, please. And because even then. You know, like when you said, oh, just jot down some bullet points about what was on your to-do list and I have to write a fucking business plan. Yes, yes, yes. I do recall that, yes. <laughs> that kind of vibe. <laughs> well, I think here's here's a slight reframe. I am going to give you that as a to-do for sure. But here's a slight reframe that I will offer is like what you said is like you want it to be really good before it goes anywhere. I don't think of me as anywhere. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm an extension of you, your team, your business right now. I'm not anywhere, right? Like you can still have your standard of excellence for when it's going to get launched or whatever, but like don't don't apply that here because it doesn't count here. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally does. And I would be saying that to anyone I coach as well. And also, you know, coaching is always the practice space for the things we're mm. macro working about or working on. Mm. So if if you know the lean in for you is like not only processing it with yourself or waiting until perfection, then obviously this is the place to practice it. So I know, I know that now and can just be a little bit more intentional about calling that forward. Yeah, indeed. Because it's happened not once, but twice this week. So I also did the the luminary sales page. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't send it because I don't think that's very good yet. So um, <laughs> you can literally just... I could just add those to Basecamp and then... I'm going to take done. that one too. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll make a note. Yeah. <laughs> so I spent a couple of days on the Ethical Co. website and then I spent I spent a couple of days on the luminaries, but it was a bit in and outy because I was trying to do, like kind of plan the course, but also plot some of the stuff for the book. So it's still a bit jumbled, so it's the perfect place to share it, basically. But that felt, that felt really good. And I feel a lot clearer about the precise nature of who the course, not who the course helps, but how the course is going to help people. So that was good because mm-hmm. I think it was a bit like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, ethical leadership and, you know, DEI and stuff. And that feels, that feels a mo- lot more together. So I'll send you, I'll send you that. So with those two pieces in place and the summit coming along, it feels like in terms of the, the schedule for the fall that things are on track I guess there's a bit of around we talked about doing a a November open cart for the luminaries and I haven't really talked about the luminaries very much beyond talking about it with you so I don't know how much pre-paving I'm going to need to do of that program but I've been asked quite I've been after the whole Stacey Bayman thing I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me to come and talk to their groups about Mm. my experience and to kind of come and teach. And I've said, because they're things that would normally be, that their budget is well below what I would normally do. But at the same time, I feel like I can be quite congruent if I say I can do it for that, but I am then going to talk about my program, which is officially about that. Yes, absolutely. Does that feel, does that sound okay? I think that's super smart. I think that that's like a better use of your time yeah. in some way. Back to everything else we were talking about than going and like writing 300 pieces of content yeah. about this or something like yeah. that. Like I think 
I don't know if you get this feedback all the time, but the number one feedback I get about you being on the podcast is like, oh my God, Angie is so articulate. I just love listening to her talk. It's so amazing. So all that to say, like you might as well go out and talk to people and that's what's going to get you the sale. Like, you know that that works. So yeah, I think that's a really good idea Mm. to just be really like clear in that exchange. Like, hey, I will do it for this rate Mm -hmm. as long as I can pitch X for X amount of time at the end or whatever. But I think that would be really wise. And honestly, I think like you've already done a lot of Mm prepaving by many of the things you've done. So, I mean, you're still three months out. I think you have plenty of time to do that. I think obviously the summit is going to create some visibility and interest around that. So I think you're right on track, honestly. All right, guys, so I am going to do a clip in here that is a bit different than we normally do because this session has aired before. So there's some context I'm going to give you and I think you'll understand, but just hang with me for the background for a second. So basically we accidentally aired session 11 when we meant to put out session eight. So a couple of you or many of you reached out to me and said something to the effect of, did I miss something? (laughs) Right. And then we realized what had happened and we updated it. So session 11 was out for like a day or so. Then we took it down, put up session eight, and now it is re-airing. And so this is getting added after it's re-airing, if that makes sense, right? This clip was not in it when we originally put it out because when we originally put it out, someone reached out to me and said, hey, just wanna let you know one thing that you said to Angie really didn't sit right with me. It is often a microaggression to call a person of marginalized identity articulate. And so I really appreciated them bringing that to my attention and naming that. So what I did of course is go to Angie, offer my you know sincere apology and an opportunity for repair. And so Angie and I had a, a discussion about it that was really, really useful. And we both decided that it would be really helpful to add this clip in for context, nuance, learning, explanation. I am not doing this to try to speak on Angie's behalf. I am simply doing it so she does not have to do the extra work of adding this clip in herself. So just wanted to to name that it's not that I want to speak for her, but that I don't want her to have to do this extra piece. So anyway, basically what I had said, it had just happened in the conversation previously, as I said that the number one feedback I get on the podcast is like, Angie is so articulate. Oh my gosh, I love listening to her talk, that kind of thing. And often it is a microaggression to say to someone of, you know, marginalized identity, oh, you're so articulate. And what Angie named for me is that she did not experience it this way in this case, because she really believes that is a trait of hers. And she really sees herself as someone who's very articulate. And so to her, that did not feel like an aggression or a microaggression in that moment, because that is something that she feels is really a true trait of herself and what she really made the distinction around that I felt like was really helpful and was a really important learning for me is that it's when it's presented with like shock kind of right like I didn't expect you to be so articulate like that is when it is a microaggression and again everyone can have their own experience of it and and I'm not saying like someone can't think of it as a microaggression unless you said it was shock that is not what I'm saying I'm simply saying that she was naming the difference between like the surprise of someone that is a black woman being so articulate versus the fact that that is just something that's very true about her. So all that to say, that was a really helpful learning for me. I really appreciated Angie kind of walking me through 
the difference there and, and bringing us into her experience. And so that's why we wanted to add this clip in because we always want to be transparent about what this journey is on the podcast and what's happening. And so what happened is we put out the episode, I got feedback, Angie and I had a conversation and here we are. So I hope this is a helpful, you know, piece of information or learning experience for, for everyone listening to. Again, I am still fully learning and this was really a great piece of that. And so I hope that it supports you as well. And obviously thank you very much to the person who reached out and brought that to my attention. Thank you to Angie for being willing to hold this conversation and bring us all on this journey with her. So thanks guys for listening to this part. I think you might be feeling a little bit of you know, like time running out energy because you know you're back to delivery soon, but I don't think you're actually in time running out in terms of like the the timeline for actually getting this launched. But I, I, to circle back to that initial question that you asked, I do very much agree that, you know, getting it out somewhat imperfectly and improving over time is kind of the way to go here, especially since like some of it is free. You know what I mean? Like we really do not need you to (laughs) go crazy. Yeah, the summit's free. The ethical care is free. <laughs> this is yes. all just extra stuff. So it's kind of a weird, like for both of those programs, like the, for the luminaries and also for the ethical care, I just also wanted to say for, even just for the sake of posterity, just I'm trying to keep out of the most of the stuff that I'm seeing online <laughs> at the moment, which just seems like it's getting wilder and wilder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... Did you really just write that advert? Are, are you seriously saying those things now? I just, I can't. On a daily basis, my mind is just... And I'm trying to, you know, just be really in integrity with none of this, none of my work being part of a takedown of other people's work because I don't, yeah. that is just not the way that, uh, it's just not my thing. And I just don't think it's a particularly helpful modeling of, for, for anyone but yeah yeah I was saying to somebody the other day it's a bit like 2020 when everybody after the murder of George Floyd realized that there was a thing called DEI work that they'd never heard of before 2020 but they suddenly thought was terribly important and now we're in this sort of kind of weird phase of all coaches are like discovering ethical coaching <laughs> and it's just it's just really odd it's just a really strange time and (laughs) said in the nicest way possible it's just odd odd. it's really odd the pivots that are being made to use that language Mm -hmm. I always felt I felt this in 2020 that these land grabs happen there's a moment where there's a kind of underdog or there's a somebody saying this just isn't okay and then everyone goes how can I agree that it isn't okay and make that sort of part of my sales pitch in some way? How can I sell that? How can yeah. I make a program out of that? And so I'm doing both of these things, the ethical coat and the luminaries with a real awareness of just slow down, do it properly. Don't get involved. Like keep your head out of all of the stuff. And I just wanted to lay that down here <laughs> on this day. <laughs> I think what can be really, really hard about what you're doing is it can both feel like you're riding the wave and also like you're like, everyone get off my wave. Like I've been on this wave for a long time. And I think the tension of that is real of like being really excited that this is such like a prevalent conversation, which makes it such a 
perfect time to launch luminaries. And then also being kind of like, where did you all come from? This is not even your thing. It's like, reminds me of that, like, um, mean girls quote where it's like, you don't even go here. Like, you know, like you don't even go here. What are you doing? And so I think there's like, probably like a both and here. And I'm sure there's a part of you that wants to be really part of this and really spearheading it. And that also wants nothing to do with all of that. And it sounds like that's sort of like the. Yeah. Well, it's it's just, I'm going to be completely honest. I just, because it's been building and building and building and I've been looking at it and I've been listening to the sort of the big, the big people, the coaches and seeing how they respond to things like publicly, how, how things are changing and whether any narrative is changing. And there's just some like doubling down on nothing's changing around here. I just listened to to Stacey Bayman's podcast today on humble humble change. It's called humble change. Ooh. And my mind is yeah. a little bit blown really on like how and because my because I'm kind of used it not by name, but I'm mentioned in the, you know, I've had a lot of bad publicity last year and then this year I had some criticism of my program. And so I feel like I'm being referenced in this. And the whole thing is about the learning that's taken place and how, you know, the program has changed and how she's gone back to her roots. And it's no longer about putting on the Oscars, but, you know, recognizing that people's experience needed to be improved. And there's a lot of explanation as to all of the reasons why the online experience was so terrible and it's all mm. other people and it's not, you know, it's, it's all of this kind of stuff. But I just feel like this is still sales. Mm-hmm. This is still a way of marketing the next round of the mastermind. So can we mm. separate in our industry? Is that like any possibility? Because not every time I talk about DEI, Am I trying to get somebody to buy a program? Sometimes yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. this just isn't okay. This thing that happened to this person in this place of work isn't okay. And you need to stop doing those things. And I'm not making any money from saying that. It's just a fact. So why does everything that happened have to have some kind of dollar sign on it? Including humility now. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. is going on here? Well, I think what's like, really helpful about what you're bringing is that most people don't have the discernment to realize what's going on here. Mm. They're like, oh yeah, okay. And then they feel like that's how they're supposed to operate because it's, this is how the big names in our industry operate and it rolls down. And it's, I think, very, very, very confusing for a lot of people. And I'm not saying there's not ownership in that, right? But I do think it can be incredibly confusing. And I think that's where like, yes, you don't want to be like the takedown of anything, but also I do think you want to be a voice on it because it's like, that's exactly where you're coming in to be like, let's actually talk about what's ethical and what's not. Let's actually talk about like when you're making repair, you're not also making a sale, like the, right. And I think that like, you're going to get to be that gap that provides the almost like mirror of like, is this a thing that actually works? feels good, is ethical, whatever. Because otherwise I really do believe it's incredibly confusing for people, yeah. especially when it's labeled something with the term ethics in it, or not Not that I'm saying that podcast was, but you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. I think they're like everybody, that's the buzzword now, yeah. right? Yeah. I think Angie is bringing forward such an important conversation here on the balance of really you know, driving your message forward without bringing other people down in it. I think we're in a weird 
thing with the online space, right? Where like everyone's stuff is so in each other's faces. And I think there is this way where you can see things and feel, you know, frustrated or triggered or snarky or whatever about this thing or this person. I know personally, like that happens for me and I'm always trying to find that balance of like, how can I share about this in a way that feels like true and important without, you know, it being about that person or that thing alone. You know, I think it is a challenging balance in many regards, but the point I really want to make clear here is that it's not bad if those things pop up and give us that kind of fire and inspiration, right? Like, it's not bad to go, oh my gosh, this podcast episode, like, oh, that like really like hit my values in a way that does not feel good for me. And it comes up against my teachings, which are X, Y, and Z. And so let me go double down on talking about those teachings, right? Instead of let me go double down on talking about why this sucks. I think those are very different things, but I feel like sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to have that, you know, frustrated or snarky moment. We're like, oh, I shouldn't be reacting to this or I shouldn't feel this. And it's like, you are totally within reason to feel the thing. It's just what you do with the thing that matters. And I think that's the beautiful point that Angie is bringing forward here is like, she is allowed to, as Angie, feel whatever she wants to feel about these things, right? And be frustrated and feel snarky and feel like, what the heck, right? And she's allowed to bring that to her coach and process that in whatever way feels good to her and the difference is what she does with that, how she runs with it and how she, you know, stays really locked into her teachings, her values, her message in a way that that doesn't derail. So I just wanted to name that because I think it's like really, really important to know that that balance is ongoing, I think for everyone and that everyone is probably trying to find it. And so we're going to have all these pieces of it that come into play. We're going to have the piece we maybe need to process with our coach, that initial reaction. We're going to have what you do with it. All of those pieces are going to be at play for everyone. And it's ultimately giving yourself grace through every phase of that and knowing that like you don't have to be any one way about it, but it just matters what you ultimately do with it. And I think people are genuinely going to look at it and say, oh, I can see that this person's really talking about the humility to change things for their clients. And so I need to have the humility to change things for my clients. And yet humility is something that is just an internal effort. It's something, it happens not because necessarily people tell you that it has to happen or because you, it's, it's, You're backed into a corner. I mean, it's mm. almost like the thing that you don't need to say about yourself. What with it being about mm. being humble? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you could probably not even mention it and just let it be oh. felt by everybody. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because I don't want to be in this takedown thing, but I am perpetually yeah. so irritated by the absolute bunny that is going on around some of this stuff. And, and it feels like you don't need to attend every other coach's version of what they've now learned at your expense and their new program telling you what they've now learned and their new rewriting of everything that they've now relearned. You don't need to buy that. They could just do it. They can just do it Mm -hmm. and they can just continue selling it and they do not need to tell you that they've now learned all these things and now they've revamped it and now you can buy it again. I just... Something smells of bullshit and I don't like it. I mean, it's so funny, right? Because it's just like 
as much as it's like irritating you, this is your work. Like you're so lit up by it as much as it's pissing you off, right? Like you're like, no, no, no. This is this is how we think about things or this is what, you know, integrity looks like or whatever. But I think that I guess what I want to say is like, I feel like there's this way where you're almost like dancing a line of maybe making yourself wrong for being irritated by it. And I think you might need to use yeah. that fire. I think I'm making myself wrong by not wanting to be, because I'm on, the, I'm on the, the life coach snark forum on Reddit and I love it. I love all the people over there. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how this whole thing ended up kicking off. Cause I was like, I'm on that forum. And somebody was saying to me, yeah, but you know, she said this thing about haters. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going live. But I don't want to be a snark. I'm not a snarky person. So there's a whole, there's a whole dimension of it that also makes me go, oh, I don't want to be the one constantly going, and now they've done this, and now they said this. So, yeah. The thing that you're so great at, though, Angie, is you're, you're so great at taking things to a systemic conversation yeah. versus a, like, I think, rewind to this whole situation. I think the thing that you did best was make this a systemic conversation, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, Yes, you you ended up with an outcome that was important to you and all of that, but I think it, it created such a bigger wave than that. And so what I'm kind of like seeing for you is like maybe a small thing happens that creates this fire in you or that pisses you off, but then you're so great at taking it bigger. And I think like you almost have to let that initial whatever snarky yeah. edge yeah. come through yeah. to feel the fire to do something bigger. Because when you weren't letting that come through and you were like, oh, I'm just going to let this go. I'm just going to whatever. This was just a 20K mistake. Yeah. Like that was eating at you yeah. and it was going to keep eating at you for what? Like, so you weren't like a hater, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think there's like a both end here. Like, yes, that doesn't have to become like the biggest part of your content or personality, but also if you, if you're fueled by that mm. to create bigger conversations, I feel like you almost have to let yourself okay. go there, you know? Well, Lacey told me I had to let myself go. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait till like all of a sudden people are like sending me all this stuff from Reddit and I'm like, oh, whoops, that went the wrong way. That's, that's not what I meant. You do. She's literally got a blacklist of all branches. She's going for it. There's no, there's only a couple of things that really irritated me, but I do have some things to say about them. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think like, I remember listening to one of the lives you did during that time and you did this whole conversation around like colonization yeah. and like the parallel there. And I thought that was like incredibly valuable and informative. And like the point I want to make is like, again, it's like, yes, it's this thing, but you're so good at drawing out the bigger picture. So, I mean, that's what, that's what luminaries is about. That's what we yeah. need. Like all of this is in your line of vision yeah. to do something meaningful with yeah and I've really I mean I feel like I've not been unkind to, I'm not unkind anyway I'm not unkind about anybody so that's not that's never going to happen but there are people being actively misinformed <laughs> and um there have been some things happening there were always things happening in this coaching industry mm -hmm. on there they're just not they're just not great always. so one of the things I'm going to be talking about in the luminaries and I have a you know how I love a policy but I have a whole a whole sort of section on policies in my work I believe policies are not there for us they're there for the people that you serve and yeah. I was just thinking about <laughs> this this week about 
people getting fired and, you know, being let off there, uh, being given like, you know, a couple of days notice as support coaches to just be, you know, to just leave big coaches, big coaching organizations and thinking how policies really protect people in <laughs> industries like ours mm. in ways that, that mean, for example, if you're a multi-million dollar business owner, that you can really influence a sector by ensuring that your policies and your procedures and your ways of operating are really pristine because you have the money, you have the resource to do that. And that means that any support coach who comes to work with you because they don't quite have the resource to run their own businesses, which is why their support coaching will leave you better than you found them. And they will enact those same ways of working with people, thus not screwing other people in the industry. I mean, just small things like that. That's on my mind right now, Lacey. <laughs> I have goosebumps because I think like <laughs> I can see your uh, face and body language right now. So I know there is a, a, a little snarky part of you at play at this moment. But like everything you said was like, oh my God, yes, more of this conversation, more of this thing, more of this idea of like, how do we use business as a force for good that mm. also protects us, that also protects our people, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that, it really is like, I can't say this enough, but it's like, if I love when something like that fires you up because you're so good at taking it global. You know what I mean? Like that's, no one's teaching that in our space, how to enact a mm. policy that is supportive of that, you mm. know? Yeah. Look out, people. Watch out. It's coming. <laughs> Angie's coming for your policies. <laughs> you thought policies were boring. Well, get behind this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I feel like there are all these like new pieces of yourself you're meeting and letting out in new ways. Like this piece that like spaciousness and doesn't actually want to work super hard all the time or this piece that's actually a little bit of a snark sometimes or this piece that's like, you know, really like fired up about something. Like it's just cool to see you like it's like the identity stuff we started yeah. talking about. Like, I feel like you're letting all of this come out and yeah. online and not being like, oh, I'm just the hard worker that like does the things. You're like, oh no, I'm like a million of these things and they all play into like my excitement and growth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really heartened and touched by what you said. And a couple of people have emailed and said, oh, how are you? We really miss hearing you go live and... And what it made me think was, because uh, I don't want to go live unless I've got something to say, but it did make me think the point about people aren't teaching this. People aren't teaching yeah. it in this way. So that's kind of why I run Being Luminary, because we don't teach DEI in the same way that other people are teaching it either. And so yes. this is the this is my signature source, as they say. And yes. I can just do more of that. And I think there's still a part of me that just wants to be it's not just about not wanting to be snarky. It's also about not wanting to cause trouble. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think I skirted, I walked a tightrope with the last situation, which was very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is me, my personal situation. This is not me commenting on everybody else's situation. And yet there are so many more things that could be said about all of it, about so much of it. And I just, I don't want to hijack my own work in favor of becoming the person that calls all of it out. So sort of picking the things yes, that are so the most relevant to the work that I do, but also that are helpful, truly helpful, you know, and that there's a teachable point on both sides, I think is where I have to, 
you know, make sure that I'm, I'm not just going live to go, oh, did you see this rubbish? Because <laughs> uh, it's not helpful. I really feel what you're saying, where there's, there's almost this way where you can become like the freaking like caped crusader yeah. of the coaching industry yeah. kind of thing, right? And you're like, everyone comes to me with their thing and then I have to do something about it. And you can almost kind of like lose yourself and your message in some of that. And I think that's for sure not what you want to do, which I think is wise to be like, there's always a line yeah. there where you don't want to become like the one that's like out, you know, pushing that forward. You're out pushing your message yeah. forward, you know? All right, baby. Well, you said it. You gave me permission. I know. <laughs> and it's recorded, so I can't take it back. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so you know that. So today, specifically today, I'm getting the Ethical Co. website and the Luminary page. Is that correct? Oh, aren't you? My inbox is going to be blowing up with this. Yes. It's going to be a blowing. Yes, sorry. Okay. Send those to me. Enjoy your space. I'm down to time right now because obviously it is going to pick up soon but I'm so excited for you to just continue to like be in this place and I would say yes to those opportunities to talk as long as you can pitch yeah Yeah. okay cool done amazing all right I will talk to you soon yeah bye all right bye thank you for listening to literally I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.